In rough times, I go to I go straight to that broccoli. <laughs> we can we can deal with a child. I used to hate meal times. It was a hobby that sort of got out of control. Thanks, Will. Cheers. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the pod. It's been a while. We've been very, very busy. We're sat here drinking... Um, Vendange Tardive 2007. So, <laughs> if you weren't aware, Camille is French, and um, <laughs> she revealed recently in the... Oh, at my uni, wine tasting was part of the course. No, it wasn't part of the course. It was available. Wow, I don't know why we didn't all go to uh, French unis, because I bet you weren't tasting um, Blossom Hill, <laughs> White Zimbandel. Am I allowed to eat chocolate? Yes, you can eat a chocolate. Thank you. So, we've also got port chocolate. If you hadn't realised, Camille got coconut in her hair from the chocolate. It's all it's going true. really, really well. Um, also, I do think the port chocolate is really strong. All in all, it's a great Monday. Who needs to go to an office? Nobody, mm. not, not me. Should we talk about Kirsty Lee, who yes. is our interviewee this week? Incredible person who started off as um, I feel like a BBC presenter. Um, Basically, who, are. I mean, you know what Kirsty Lee doesn't do? Drink Pinot Gris and pot, eat port chocolates at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because she is focused on macro foods. She's focused <laughs> on health. On health, she's mm-hmm. a rugby player, entrepreneur, genius. Obviously. All-round macro person. And she also went to do some IT sales before, but then she was like... I'd... <laughs> yeah, she's an entrepreneur, she's a rugby player, she's so cool, she's launched her own, own business. She does IT sales. She said it was really useful because it gave her network. Very valuable experience. Kirsty Lee Griffiths, she has got a company called Macro Food. It's basically a healthy takeaway company. You can get it in various parts of South London. Hopefully soon it will be expanding further. It is available on Deliveroo and Uber Eats. And basically you make, you pick your macros and build your meal. And it's just plugging a gap in the market for healthy takeaway food, which is great, obviously. Like, not the healthy takeaway food that you're like, ugh, why did I take this? Yeah. More like the, mm. A warm salad in some single-use plastic. Exactly. And then she talked about some weird stuff. Not the spreadsheets, because I do get spreadsheets. We talked a lot about spreadsheets in this interview. Camille was buzzing. Obviously. We all know by now that I love spreadsheets. Have we talked about spreadsheets? I think we might have talked about spreadsheets in this podcast before. Possibly. But she talked about some stuff that I do not know. So could you tell me, Lucy, again, and I will Google them live. Camille learnt a few things during our conversation with Kirsty Lee. One of them was about the existence of Battenberg cake. Pink and yellow thing with like icing almond paste around. I don't know if they would allow it in France. Why? It's just a bit processed. And And the other one was Vienna chocolate. Viennese whirls. So yes, Camille's learnt about Battenberg cake and Viennese whirls, which I can't imagine not knowing about to be honest. Wikipedia says, Viennese Wells are a British biscuit, obviously. That Not Austrian. <laughs> like the name would suggest. Consisting of soft butter biscuits, piped, do you say piped? Into well-shaped. Yeah. Said to be, in, be inspired by Austrian pastries, though entirely unrelated. Yeah, so you know like when you have squirted cream and you can squirt it out into a whirl like yeah. that. But it's not cream, it's like. Um, and what does it say about Battenberg? Or Battenberg, with a U. 
is a light sponge cake with the pieces covered in jam. No, don't know what this is. Close the page. And is it from Germany? Or did we make that up as well? England. (laughs) I wonder what one of our other podcast interviewees, Sunny, the fancy little wine bar in Elephant and Castle, would say about this wine. With my dad there. That's for another podcast. That is, yeah, you'll have to wait to find out about that. Caesar. I told him that I liked Malbec and he laughed in my face. Move on, Lucy. Move on. (laughs) Who doesn't like Malbec? So, uh, Kirsty Lee, uni, law degree, grad scheme at IBM, entrepreneur, launched macro food in October last year. We tried to feed her some croissants. She didn't want any. Had a chat. Should we listen to it? Let's see if by pressing a button it works. Press the button. So can you just tell me a bit about Macro Food and why you decided to launch the business? Yeah, so Macro Food is a healthy takeaway company based in Battersea in London. Um, we create healthy, nutritionist, cook-to-order um, takeaway food that our customers order through Deliveroo, Uber Eats and our website. And we deliver to their door. Um, and the main reason I decided to create Macro Food is I noticed there was a severe lack of kind of health away, healthy takeaway options on the market. And the ones that were out there that, that were healthy, there wasn't really the ability to kind of build your own meal, kind of they were all set meals and stuff like that. And I've always been a picky eater. So what I really wanted was something where I could kind of build my own meal and I could create the meal that suited my tastes and, and you know, my requirements as well. And do you have your own kitchen where you create all the food? Yeah, we have our own kitchen. So we operate in a, in a dark kitchen. So it's like this kitchen complex building where there's like, I think there's like 18 kitchens in this same building. So wow. a lot of people doing these kind of dark kitchen concepts where they're just delivery only. So it seems very timely. Sort of obviously subscriptions and delivery services have been really taken off the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of kind of those meal prep businesses out there mm. where you can um, subscribe to meal plans where you have like three meals a day and they have all the macronutrients calculated. Uh, I noticed that kind of part of the industry was overwhelmed with options. That's where we wanted to be a, a little bit different because from my experience as well, I really enjoyed meal prepping and, and, and cooking my own meals. But some days there'll be nights where I've been working like all day and I get back home after a really, you know, long shift at work. And then I have rugby training and I don't have enough time to cook a nice meal and I I will pick something up and it won't be as nutritious as it should be. Um, So that's why we created Macro Food. So people who are, you know, really busy and just want those one off meals during the week that they can go on to deliver Uber Eats or, or our website and order those meals. And is it your full-time job now? Yes, it's my full-time job. Um, Yeah, I quit my job back in August. I used to work in software sales. Uh, I did that for about five years. And I just realised, you know, I wasn't happy. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wasn't happy being in software sales. So I quit my job in August and didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in. This has always been a dream of mine to do something in in healthy food, um, but I never felt the courage to really go ahead with it until you know I I spoke with my other half about it one day and I told her this this idea that I had, and she thought it was amazing. It was a really great idea, and she really gave me the courage and um, the belief in myself to go forward with it. Really, and and that's when we decided to go ahead with the idea back in October. That's great. And do you work with her on it? Um, do you do together? So she doesn't really, we don't work on the business together. She kind of helps me out a lot. So she has her own kind of full-time job that 
Um, she works at a hedge fund, so she's incredibly busy, works incredibly long hours. But whenever she has the time, which is very limited for both of us, she will always help me out in, in certain aspects. She's a whiz kid on spreadsheets and things like that, which I am terrible at. Um, me so, too. She yeah. always needs one of those. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> like, Camille is smiling yeah. for the purpose of the podcast. You don't know how smug Camille's face is right now. <laughs> they are so complex. I literally don't know what I'm doing. I made a spreadsheet and she was just angry at how badly I did it. Um, but anyway, so she helps me out with, with all those those kind of stuff. So she's been incredibly supportive throughout. That's great. And I read that you did a law degree and yeah. spent four years working at IBM. Was that the yes. software sales side bit? Yes. What an about turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a bit of a strange one, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I did law at university. I don't really know why I did law at university. It was it was a strange decision as well. Like I was I was I came from um, a place called Warsaw in, in West Midlands. I was always kind of the smartest kid at school, and my parents thought, you know, if you're smart, you should be a lawyer. So that's why I went down that path. Realised very quickly it wasn't for me, but wanted to you know get my degree. So did that. I've always loved technology, so that's how I ended up in in, in IBM in a, in a, in a uh, graduate scheme which is really great. The network that I built from that was outstanding. I highly recommend anyone coming out of university to go into a graduate scheme because mm. the network that you build from that will will help you later on in life, no matter what direction you, you've gone. I've had so many people reach out to me who I connected with back, in, back at IBM and, and they've offered me help and advice or connected me with other people that would be helpful to me as well. So I always think it's very important. Your network is probably the most important thing and the most valuable thing that, that you can get. So, yeah, I, I went from 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 that kind of tech background, and uh, but but as part time, I've I, I'm a rugby player. Uh, I play um, rugby for Richmond, and it, it takes up a lot of my time. Like four times a week, we train and we play once a, on the weekend. And food is really important to us. We have to kind of track what we're eating, the calories, the macronutrients, and so forth um so food has always been a really important part of my life and that's why I wanted to go in that direction because I noticed there wasn't enough out there that really catered to those people that really cared about what they were putting into their body yeah and what is your earliest food memory I'd say my earliest food memory is um being at my nan's house she had this this little cupboard where she kept all the all the treats and every time I used to go around on the on the weekends we used to kind of the the food cupboard for treats and she used to have things like iced buns battenberg beanies whirls all these classic sweet treats and i just remember every time i was little running in there grabbing a treat and sitting on the sofa and eating the this food while i was watching cartoons on the tv beanies whirls yeah wow, old that's... school <laughs> <laughs> that is a flashback isn't it yeah <laughs> i don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to try um, if, you, if you've not had them we'll we'll talk about them yeah <laughs> You'll, it'll be a treat I'm yeah. sure you can still get them yeah somewhere. I think you definitely can definitely can <laughs> and was there a single moment that you knew you wanted to have food as part of your career obviously you've spoken about the rug- rugby aspect and um, realising there wasn't enough choice out there but can you remember a defining moment I don't think there was like a specific defining moment I just remember kind of four years ago four or five years ago I was living in Manchester at the time and I had this dream of having kind of this high protein cafe where you could go in and get these really tasty high protein meals um, because there was nothing like that around at the time, absolutely nothing. 
and me and my friend would sit down sometimes and talk about all this idea and we'd have like a gym in the back as well and all this kind of cool stuff so it was kind of dreamt up about four or five years ago but it just felt like a dream at that time I felt like I wasn't ready to kind of make that leap or you know I didn't have the abilities and it was just a dream I would never have enough money or ability to kind of do that but it was only recently after you know I did quit my job and I realized you know now's make or break now's the time I can I can take the leap into like kind of their the health food space and see where it takes me and and, and see how it goes and and I just decided to make the leap and such good timing as well um I mean it if you'd started it a few years ago yeah. it might not have been the right time in terms of um, people being into wellness and these kind of businesses taking off and things yeah so probably happen for a reason <laughs> hopefully yeah I think I think the the, the growth of, of health health food and people being more health conscious it's I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg still as well I think there's so much more to go people are becoming more educated about what's in their food and caring what they're putting into their body and then there's a there's definitely a move to be having more tasty healthy food as well I think mm previous previously healthy food was you know dry salads and you know dry chicken and broccoli that's what I used to eat and it was terrible Uh, and I think more and more people are learning how to put you know really nice flavors that are low calorie um not not too heavy as well into food and that's what we try to do as well at macro food we try and add as much flavor into the food as possible without adding you know tons of unhealthy fats and and additives and all that kind of stuff and what is your personal relationship with food like and has it changed throughout your life? <laughs> yeah, so I've I've had a very, very, very interesting relationship with food. So as a kid, I was the pickiest eater you have ever come across. Um, I pretty much lived on super noodles and beans on toast, like, for my whole childhood. Uh, I didn't eat meat, I didn't eat vegetables, I didn't eat anything really. Um, so as a kid, I, I was very restricted in my diet. And then I went to university and I realised I had to cook for myself a bit more and I, I went to learn how to cook uh, things. So I remember started cooking lasagnas and, you know, the classic uni meals, the spaghetti bolognese, all that kind of stuff. Stir but I fry, Yeah, fajitas, yeah, yeah all, <laughs> all the classic, classics. Yeah. So then I just started to understand food a little bit more, but I still didn't have a great relationship. I used to overeat quite a lot. I've always had a sweet tooth. I used to get like addicted to certain sweet treats as well and just gorge on those all the time and it was since leaving university and you know that's when I got into rugby and I really cared about what was going into my body so to understand you know what was going into my body was fueling my output so I needed to make sure I was getting the right amount of protein um, the right amount of calories to really give me the energy to do what I needed to do so it's been an interesting journey and I think only now I'm starting to understand food a lot more and what I'm putting in my body and I I think everyone needs to go on that kind of journey themselves and, mm-hmm. and understand um, there's no one size fits all there's not one diet that everyone should 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 adhere to yeah. I think everyone has to work out what's what's best for their body and, and, and be flexible with it as well and that's why as well with our menu we we let customers build their own meal because we believe that everyone's diet is different and you're unique so you need to be able to build the meal that suits you and and that's what I do now. I just, you know, I I eat healthily 80% of the time. And I also, you know, I eat donuts and chocolate. Like, yeah, sometimes. That 20% well. is important. Yeah, too. I think that's important. You shouldn't be too restricted. Mm. So you should have that flexibility. That gives you Definitely. a better relationship with food as well. And don't feel controlled by food. How do you work out the, the image at the moment of guilt 
in mm. a relationship with food. So a lot of people are saying, I need to eat healthy. And then there's like, oh, I'm being bad by eating other things. I, I used to be like that as well. I used to think, oh, I had to eat healthy all the time. And I would have like one cheat meal a day. And I'd, the amount of food I used to eat in that day would probably ruin everything I'd eaten anyway. Mm. So I think people need to stop feeling guilty about eating you know sweet food or like donuts or chocolate or whatever they need to be more flexible with it and you know if you're eating healthy 80% of the time you are allowed to you know eat that chocolate or eat that donut when you want to I always just think if you've got that craving don't try and suppress it maybe like have a bit of chocolate rather than eat a whole whole box of chocolates and then you're suppressing that craving kind of thing and then you know that you know if you do eat too much then maybe you need to be healthier the next day kind of thing but I think that's the huge problem people are feeling too guilty about making those choices but you are you can eat those kind of foods just just eat them in moderation and just enjoy it like you need to enjoy the food you're eating otherwise you aren't going to eat it essentially that's the whole point yeah absolutely And something that you do three times a day. Yeah, well, more than that, I I don't know about you, but I eat about a lot more than three times a day. Um, Do you have a favourite recipe from your menu at Macrofood? My favourite recipe is our chocolate and peanut butter protein brownie. So it's made of only natural ingredients, it's really low in sugar, no nasty things added to it, and it's um, it's incredibly popular with my friends too. So when I was coming up with the recipe, I was taking batches into the rugby club and getting my teammates to try it, and they were giving me ideas of maybe it needs to be a bit more moist or it needs a bit of a crisper top, we need to add some things to it. Anyway, I was bringing batches in and they, they got addicted to them and now they keep messaging me, being like, when, when are you bringing in some more brownies? So um, Just tell them to order it from my business. Exactly, <laughs> just keep ordering it. Um, but yeah, so that's one of my favourite things. I, I took full control of creating that as well, so that made me more like connected to the product and, and it is really tasty. Like Every time I make a batch, I have to kind of stop myself from eating the whole tray because they are so tasty. Oh, they sound great. Yeah, mm, and the smell butter. when they're being cooked as well, it's just so good and do you develop all the recipes so I personally don't so obviously not from a food background or a chef background I I realized that wasn't my capability at all (laughs) so the only thing that I've actually created is the is the brownie so initially we brought in some um, consultants to help me devise the menu so I had an idea of, of, of the food I wanted based on what I what I eat already and what I knew that a lot of my friends and teammates kind of eight as well and they helped me develop a menu and the recipes uh, to put together and our our chef has also helped kind of develop them as well and and bring them further that's great do you have a favorite food smell probably so my favorite food smell especially in our kitchen is when the beef brisket is being made so when that's been slow cooked and it's been put in the oven for like eight hours oh my god the whole kitchen like fills with this like lovely lovely smell of like the meat cooking and roasting and it makes me, it reminds me of when I lived with my nan and granddad after university for a little bit and, you know, very traditional. Every Sunday was a was a proper Sunday roast and I used to remember the house filling up with mm. the smell of the cooked meat. So it always, like, brings me back to, to living back at home with them. Nice. Yeah. That sounds great. And do you think that food can change the world? I think absolutely. I think we're starting to learn more and more about food and understanding the power that it has. I think the power that it has over people as well, like the food that you put into your body has a direct, 
correlation with the output that you can put mentally physically and it can help cure illnesses i mean we're starting to learn more and more about kind of gut bacteria as well how feeding that with the right nutrients can it has a direct connection to the brain and so forth so you've got that aspect and and also food as well there's a huge um direction as well in terms of the packaging of food now making it more eco-friendly making sure you know we're not having single-use plastic in landfills and so forth and that's what we try and do at macro food as well like all our packaging is compostable recyclable all that kind of stuff it, it pains me the amount of plastic that is used in in takeaway packaging mm. and food packaging just unnecessarily it's absolutely unnecessary now and i think there's definitely a direction for more and more people wanting to use this eco-friendly packaging albeit it's more expensive kind of you know these companies need to use it because it is better for the environment so i think we're we're going to see more and more companies using those kind of packaging which is really going to help the environment and less you know less waste yeah so so important Mm. and really something that we're becoming more and more aware of do you have a personal comfort food that you would turn to in a time of crisis (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot um probably donuts i've obsessed with donuts like i love them so much i'd eat them every single day i could smash like three Krispy cream donuts straight away i absolutely love them so yeah donuts are the one if i'm feeling a bit i had a bad day or whatever i might go grab a donut uh crispy cream from around the corner from me or there's some great donut places in london as well mm. like there's amazing you've got like donut time and there's one called i think it's bread ahead that's in borough market the best donuts i've ever had like that literally is next to the office right opposite yeah. our office oh my god <laughs> they're donuts we'll, we'll have to visit oh my god it is what's it called Bread insane ahead. yeah these 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 filled donuts are the best donuts i've ever had and i've eaten a lot of donuts um so yeah they're, they're definitely my my favorite food is there a way to create a healthy protein-based donut so that's something i've looked into again that's something we're really trying to focus on as well is is look at unhealthy food like and brownies how can, and yeah. how we can turn that into a into a healthy food because we need to all accept we all have our urges we all have our sweet cravings our our, our urges and the best way to get around that is to create healthy alternatives. So you're still mm. satisfi- satisfying that sweet craving, but you're you're making a, a slightly better choice, a yeah. slightly healthier choice. I think choice. it's happening as well, quite a lot. Um, sort of the protein bowls with like cocoa powder mm, and things yeah. are good, good way to do that. And then savoury wise, like sort of healthier versions of crisps. I mean, yeah, I do like to believe that these lentil-based crisps are a health food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are quite tasty. I think I think they're quite nice, and we do we do like paprika roasted chickpeas as well, which mm. has the same kind of crunch oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and flavour as as crisps, but yeah. it's obviously a lot healthier. Roasted well. chickpeas, mm-hmm. yeah, the best. They are really tasty. So so good. Yeah. Um, what would you cook for a friend who is in a difficult situation? Like mm. they need a bit of comfort. Um, well, other than the brownie that I bring bring them, I probably what I love to cook at home is is like a Thai red curry. That's always what I what I like to eat. I I love spicy food. Absolutely love it. And it's a great way to add a lot of flavour into into food as well without adding any any nasty kind of uh, fats or additives and stuff like that. It's a great way to, to spice things up a little. Um, so yeah, that's usually my go to that I'm I'm quite good at, at doing now. So I'd and it's quite comforting as well and you can add a lot of veggies in there mm. like chicken and it just has a lot of depth and a lot of flavor and what food could you would you take to a desert island if you could only take one that's different are you going to be practical here or you know are you going to what it's a difficult one isn't it what do you take i think um, 
maybe something like eggs. So eggs are my favourite food that I, I have it every morning. Like every morning without doubt I will have eggs for breakfast. Usually poached eggs with avocado on toast. Mm. I'm probably the I I really pride myself of my poached eggs actually. <laughs> How perfect I can get them. Um but yeah, so eggs you can have them so many different ways as well. Like I abs- absolutely love eggs. So so probably them a great source of protein as well. Eggs and spinach. Oh, spinach as well, yeah, that's a really good combo. Mm. Or smoked salmon. Yeah. And there's so many. I mean, if you're in a desert island as well, you're probably going to have to fish as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a great a, combo there. Actually, it's just it's just great, isn't it? You've got everything you need. We can yeah. fish, you can we do can your eggs. We can start the podcast. We found the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And what is your single most powerful food memory? I'd say it's quite a, a recent one, so... Was it last January? Yeah, last January, I went with my friend to Malaysia and it was the first time I'd been to Asia. And I was just amazed by the whole street food scene. It was just incredible. These little stalls where people were just frying up these fresh foods right in front of your face. And it, it I, I'd never seen anything like that before. And it was so cheap as well. And I just loved watching people like cook the, f- the food and it was mm. it was only a few ingredients as well that were, were put into this one dish and make this really flavoursome nutritional food and I think that's also a moment when I realised like how interesting food is and how simple it can be and you yeah. can get a lot of flavours from it as well. Yeah, you don't need hundreds of ingredients. Yeah, and you everything's fresh and simple. Yeah, very simple. And it was amazing how these people have probably made that exact same dish for years the rest the whole mm. of their lives and they've got it down to an exact tea like and you can also go around to those different stores and try different stuff it's a great place to to test to test new flavors as well so and again i love spicy food so most stuff was spicy so yeah i loved i really want to go back to asia and go to different places and kind of test and try all those kind of different foods yeah and how do you think food brings communities together i think that you know especially in London we've got such a melting pot of different cultures and communities here and there's whatever food you like whatever type of cuisine you can probably find it in London um it's amazing the amount of restaurants are here and things you can try so I think it can help bring people together because you can go to these kind of restaurants and try these different flavors and foods and understand the culture and you know you meet the people who are working there from around the world that have brought their cuisine to to this country to London and you get to understand their story and where they've come from as well you know food really bonds us and brings us together and I've always found when I've tried food from other people and different cultures it helps create that kind of bond so Mm. we're very lucky in 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 London especially to, to have that ability um so yeah I think food has this weird connection from person to person helps you understand each other yeah, I think that's really true. Thanks so much. <laughs> no Thank problem. you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, thanks for trekking here. For more from us, visit at National Student on Twitter, at The National Student on Instagram, or search The National Student on Facebook. You think we've said as National Student enough? Because if not, I can just add, you can also find us on thenationalstudent.com. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Deja Food. This podcast is produced by The National Student and hosted by Lucy Miller and Camille Dupont. Thanks to Alex Sweetman for coming up with our name. Music by Kevin MacLeod, Quasi Motion. Our logo was designed by your host, Camille. <laughs>